Hi, and welcome to Getting Biblical, the show where I drink too much and talk about my favorite Bible stories. I am Matt Smith, your host, and thank you for joining us today. So welcome back to the show. We took like a three-week break, not planned, kind of unexpectedly. <laughs> Had some technical and kind of personal issues that, that came up and just uh, weren't able to get episodes out. But welcome back. We're, we're here going again. Thank you for coming back to us. Thank you for, for not forgetting about us and, and for keeping on listening. Hope you missed us a little bit. I hope, hope you wondered if we were okay, right? Um, none of you texted me and asked me, but that's fine. Maybe, maybe we'll get to, maybe, maybe our relationship will grow enough that you, that you worry about me in that sense uh, at some point in the future. But, but we're okay. We're ready to go forward. And this is the first episode of, of 2019. That's exciting. And this episode was supposed to come out a few weeks ago, and the idea was to make a kind of like a, a tie-in to the uh, New Year, New You, right? The, the January 1st New Year's resolutions that, that people do, that type of idea. And we thought that the best way to tie that in was to cover one of the best examples in the Bible of someone that, that changed their life around and, and did a 180 and and became a better person, I guess. Uh, none other than the Apostle Paul, or Saul, as he was originally known. He goes by both. Um, but he's one of, the, one of the best examples, one of the most famous apostles or whatever, uh, probably second only to John the Baptist, and that's even maybe debatable. Uh, a lot of great things that, that, that Paul did. So if I showed you a picture of Leonardo da Vinci's The Last Supper, right, that famous painting, and I asked you, right, Jesus is in the middle, and he's surrounded by, you know, his, his disciples, and, you know, Judas is there and everything. If I asked you to point out which one of them was the Apostle Paul, do you think that you could? Do you think you'd be able to, to figure out who at the table was supposed to represent the Apostle Paul? Now, some of you are going to be like, uh, no, they all have beards and look pretty much the same. <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to be able to figure it out. And some of you are going to be like, no, I won't be able to tell you because you know that it is a trick question. <laughs> uh, Saul isn't actually there, or Paul. He's not actually in the painting because he wasn't one of the original 12. He's, uh, you know, he's kind of famous. He, has no, he did his own stuff, but he didn't start doing things until after Jesus died on the cross, right? He didn't come along until the book of Acts. So did a lot of great stuff. Pretty cool. Wasn't part of the original 12, right? He came along after. So a lot of fun stuff. We're going to go through kind of a, a hit list of some of the best stories that involve him. And we're going to get to that in a second. But first, as always, let's talk about what I am drinking. So uh, for today's episode, uh, I had a few weeks break uh, from from my job and everything, and and doing you know grocery shopping and kind of you know errands and stuff that you do as a as a, a bachelor that <laughs> has to buy his own groceries and and things. And I discovered a new store, new to me at least. They they've been popping up around in my area, but this the store is Aldi's. And if you don't know about Aldi's, Aldi's actually can, you can trace its roots back to the same point as that of Trader Joe's. Uh, Aldi's is not a spinoff of Trader Joe's or anything like that, but they, it's like two brothers that, that disagreed on something a ways back and one of them split off and 
bought Trader Joe's and expanded that to make a thing. And the other one uh, opened up all these here in the States. And so they're, they, but they have a, a family kind of tie in, uh, in their, in their background. And so there's some of their ideas, I guess, a little bit that they're kind of at their core similar, so, you know, both, you know, great stores, but all these, all these is cool because <laughs> when I first walked in there, I thought it was like, like a ghetto Dollar Tree, like a, a ghetto dollar store. Like I was like, what, what is this place? Because they don't, they don't give a shit. Like, they, they, like, like all their, everything, like they're small. The stores are small. They're like smaller than like Walgreens or CVS's or whatever. Like, you know, it's a small operation. They, they just throw their, their things to buy their chips and their whatever. Like, I even know, like they're, they're, trail mix and whatever else whatever they have they, they they leave them in the original boxes that they come off the truck in they just like kind of like cut open the boxes and and just throw them on the shelf and and don't worry about neatly stacking them you know i like don't they don't take everything out and neatly organize even walmart does that and all these is like nah whatever people people know what you know <laughs> you're either gonna buy the soup or you're not you're gonna you know keep it moving and i kind of respect that it's not pretentious it's not whatever you know kind of maybe hipstery um but they're but they're legit. They're awesome, super cheap, great quality food. I actually have been very impressed with the stuff that I have bought from there. One of the things that I'm most I am most impressed by is when I found out that they have their own brand, their own line of wine, and it is called the Winking Owl. And they've got they've got reds, and they've got whites, and all you know different different types. And I didn't I haven't experimented with uh, their whites or any of the other ones. I've my favorite type of wine, I think I've said on this show before, is Merlot. I love Merlot. I like the I like it being dry, and I like just the reds, and supposedly it's the healthiest, which I don't drink for my health, and no one should, but but if I'm going to be drinking, eh, I might as well try to go with the healthy option, right? It's also what I like. But so the, the Winking Owl brand, the Aldi's brand of, of wine, especially the Merlot, is actually pretty fantastic it's actually pretty great uh i've had a few bottles not not all tonight but over the past couple weeks uh because not only is it great it's also like two dollars and 80 cents or 89 cents or something i can't remember do 79 i can't pennies here pennies there whatever like it but it's it's under three it's an under three dollar bottle of wine and it's it's great it's fantastic um uh, they, actually, if you look it up, if you Google it, it's got like very decent ratings, uh, kind of across the board. Like a lot of, I'm not, I'm not alone on this. Like I bought it first just to try it. I was like, hey, this is pretty good. Am I nuts? Am I crazy? Let me go Google what the reviews say. I'm like, oh, actually, like I'm not wrong. There's a bunch of people that say, hey, it's pretty great. And also for a three dollar wine, it's amazing. <laughs> so if you like red wines or and you can try the other ones too. I've heard some mixed stuff about I think their cab is kind of hit or miss. Um, that type of thing. Also like with these types of of budget wines like this, I think like with the Walmarts, uh, they've got I can't remember what the name of it is. Uh, I might do one in another episode. That's I I've drank those in the past. I've dr- drinking, drunk, had had um <laughs> I've had that one before a bunch of times. It's also like a $3 range, you know, bottle of wine. I don't like it as much, uh, or sometimes I like it more. Hard to tell because a lot of times with those budget wines, they just outsource and they buy 
things like leftovers from other companies or they just buy parts uh you know that that they can because it's there's there's no claims there's no you know it's just like this is a bottle of three dollar merlot you we will give you a merlot what's inside could be anything from anywhere but it's a merlot we just promise it's a merlot you know it's, it's a surprise you never go you never know what you're going to get and i've had some of those uh that have been amazing and i don't know where they originated from i don't know what was inside it but it was clearly something that was more than three dollars originally and they just got some extra and, and were able to, to sell it at three dollars under their label and then other times you get some real crap that like uh i don't know it's it's very hit or miss and from what i'm understanding and i could way be wrong and maybe i'll have to do an update sometime but from what i understand this isn't that that all these actually like sources it out and is like nope this is our wine it should taste the same every single time you have it it's their product and it's not just you know trying to to do clearance wine basically under a new label uh, so that's kind of cool I, if it's that kind of that um, that base level or you know that you you know what you're gonna get and, and what you're getting is fine so anyway a uh, long long time to talk about about all that but I really like it if you if you have a hankering for three dollar wines <laughs> from not Trader Joe's uh, then then you should definitely go for it uh, give it a shot winking owl not pretentious not whatever but it's pretty great so that being said, let's go ahead and get into <laughs> into this show, and let's see where were we now. So, the Apostle Paul, uh, formerly known as Saul. So, uh, as you're probably aware, the story goes that you know Jesus died on the cross, and then three days later he rose from the dead, and then spent forty days both proving that he was actually Jesus and and showing his resurrected body to people, not in a weird way. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, you know, oh, hey. <laughs> just, just flashing people. Hey, I'm actually Jesus. No, uh, he performed some miracles and and basically giving everyone instructions on what to do next, right? Or like how to how to further the kingdom, if you will. And at the end of the forty days, he flew up into heaven, and and that was that was his end of that story or whatever until Revelations, I guess, or whatever when he comes back again and does some stuff. But blah blah blah. But after he left, his disciples and apostles and the people that followed him and everything, they were tasked with the job of going out and continuing on with the mission of, of telling the good news, right? Telling the story, telling them about Jesus and how people can be saved and all this kind of stuff. And so they went out and they were healing people and doing miracles and, and just creating this big movement of, of followers. But doing all that, they also had some enemies. Not everyone was picking up what they were putting down, right? Not everyone wanted to be BFFs. And the super strict, uh, like, political agenda, whatever, Jews nearby who didn't believe in Jesus didn't like what these guys were doing. And they were kind of, like, messing up the, the system and everything. And I get it. Uh, but they didn't like it and messing up with their government stuff. So they wanted to start arresting these these people, these these rabble rousers, <laughs> to to stop what they were doing, and and in their minds, like you know, return the the area to peace and like not not have this big upset with this big movement and everything. And one of the guys they put in charge of doing all this and and arresting people and everything was none other. Spoiler alert: uh, a man named Saul, 
and he was called Saul of Tarsus. That's where he was from. Saul of Tarsus. And he he was the, the police detective in charge of arresting these these groups, these followers. No, kind of pretty much like if you ever saw um, Les Mis or whatever, right? Uh, Javier, you know, that was his job. His life's passion was to, to track him down and, and arrest him and or whatever, bring him to justice and all that. That was Saul, Saul of Tarsus. He was so passionate about finding these these guys, these followers of Jesus, and putting it into their miracles and their stuff, and and just putting just snubbing the whole thing out, right? Just, and the Bible says that he could be heard shouting murderous threats about the disciples and their followers, and and tracking them down and, and imprisoning them, right? Just not a fan. He you know he was, he was very passionate about being anti everything they were about. So. He had just gotten these warrants or whatever to go to another city called Damascus and search their synagogues for uh, believers and whatever and, and take them out of prison. And he gets a group of men together and, and they, they all get on their horses or donkeys or whatever and they start riding out to Damascus and he's just he's just got kind of like a boner of like can't wait to roll in here and like kick in a door and just arrest a bunch of these people and like he's so excited about what he's about to go do. He's all he's, he loves his job apparently, and he's out getting ready to do it. And out of nowhere, on this road to Damascus, out of nowhere, a huge bright light shines down from from the sky, right? And a voice yells out, like a blinding light just shakes down, and a voice yells out, "Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me?" And Saul falls off of his donkey or, or whatever, and he bows down on the on the ground, and he's like, like who 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 dis? <laughs> New light source. Who dis? Uh, he goes, Who's talking? He's like, Lord. And the voice says, uh, It's it's me, Jesus. Who like who? I just asked, like, why are you persecuting me? Is there anyone else you're persecuting? Like, it's clearly me. It's Jesus. The, you know, the one you're persecuting. Um, <laughs> he goes, but he's like, he says, get up. He said, get up, go into town, go ahead and go into Damascus and do exactly as I say. And the other dudes that are there with Saul, uh, they also heard everything and, and what was happening. And they run over to help Saul up. And like, are you OK, man? Like, we saw everything. And I just imagine like this TV show, right? Like, oh, so like the light shines. He falls out. They hear a voice from the heavens. They hear they see him doing everything and they run over and. The light, I guess, dissipates or whatever. They run over to help Saul up and and dramatically, right? They're like, are you okay, man? Like, what? Like, you know, get up on your feet. Like, what's going on? And, like, and the the camera pans over and it sees Saul's face. And Saul looks up at his friends and his, like, eyes are, like, washed out. And he says, I can't see he goes, and and that's what happened. He the light and everything. He was blinded by this light. He was blinded by Jesus's light from the heavens, uh, with the with these orders. And so, so Saul's so Saul's now blind. And they go into Damascus, and for three days he was blind and he was upset, right, as anyone would be. And he he doesn't eat or drink anything, and he's just he's just in depression and blind, and it's just it's a rough time for him. And then there's this other guy who was one of like the converts, you know, the, one of the new, the 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 new bloods, <laughs> the new the new fresh the fresh uh, followers uh, to Jesus's teachings. He uh, Ananias was his name, and God comes to Ananias 
and he says, hey, uh, I need you to go over to this house over here in Damascus and go see that guy Saul of Tarsus. I need you to go give him a message. And, and Ananias, nice guy, good guy, love Jesus. <laughs> He's a follower. He like, uh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, I know that guy, uh, God. Um, he's not nice. He's not, he's not one of us. He's not one. Did you, did you read the name wrong on, on <laughs> what you wanted me to do? Like maybe you meant someone else. Was there what, uh, Saul with a C? Is there, is there a different Saul that I can go, that I can go talk to? I don't want to talk to that guy. He hates us a lot. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to go there. Uh, he's, he's literally in town to arrest us all. And God's like, 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 did I stutter? Like, what? What's what's your problem here? What's what's going on? What what did I say? I said, go talk to Saul. Trust me, Saul's gonna work for me now. I'm I'm recruiting him. You're you're the guy gonna be doing the recruiting for me. Go to him. And so Ananias is like, oh geez, like okay. And so he he goes to the house and he kind of like knocks on the door or whatever. He's like, hey, is, is Saul here? And he goes to Saul and. He's like, hey, buddy, hey. So um, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna shoot you straight. Um, Jesus sent me. <laughs> don't get mad. No, don't get mad. Uh, but uh, I'm here to give you back your sight. And then he touches Saul's face and his eyes, and he says, "Be healed in the name of Jesus." And then these like fish scale things like fall off of Saul's eyes and just. It's kind of disgusting, but just, <laughs> just these the scales fall off his eyes, and magically he could see again. And that was about it. Saul was converted. Saul, Saul, when 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 Ananias gave him back his sight, Saul was like, "I'm convinced he's the real deal." I thought you guys were a bunch of wackadoos following uh, a, a nobody for no reason and whatever. Uh, he's the real deal. I get it now. I want to be part of the group. And he spent a few more weeks in Damascus. The next few weeks, he just stayed in Damascus and he just started to study and he learned everything he could about Jesus and the teachings and everything. And to the point that like once he like figured it all out, he's like, yep, I got it all. I know I know enough now. He started doing his, like preaching his own and everything like he like he like, it was very quick study. Like he just <laughs> in just a few weeks time. He went from like kindergarten to a master's degree in Jesus knowledge I guess and so he's out there and he's preaching and everyone everyone was so confused because this guy was was supposed to be the dick right this guy was supposed to be the one arresting everyone all, all of Jesus's fans and and being just the the hater of everything and now he's all about it like he's, he's about that life so then some other like uh, dickhead like politicians or whatever they all wanted to put a stop to him so they plotted to kill him, right? They're like, like, how dare he? Like, we, we sent him there to arrest those guys, and now he's one of them. He's got to go. And they sent some assassins to wait by, like, the big city gates so they could kill him when he tried to leave the city uh, or whatever. But um, now he's in this new group of Jesus bros, and they figured it out. They found out about the assassins and the plot to kill Saul. 
and they found a crack in the city's wall and they lowered him down out of the city by a basket like so like so imagine this big wall around the whole city there's only one big gate in or out and but they were able to get him out of a crack in the wall and so he didn't have to go through the big gate and he just totally just juked the whole all the assassins and just like you know you know like like I don't know. They couldn't find him, and so the, the assassins just, you know, sat on their their dicks the whole time and just, and they they never saw him. And so Saul bounces around, and you know he escapes that city, and he just starts doing miracle after miracle, and just just doing all this stuff. And oh, also he starts going by the name of Paul. I can't remember. I should have looked it up. I can't remember if, if like God came down and like, hey, by the way, your old name sucks. You should go by a new name, or if he just like maybe he hired like. Like, you know what, um, I don't know, like one of those guys that like helps you like re like, like remarket yourself or whatever, like, right? Those, those like celebrity marketers or whatever, how, how to rebrand your identity. Like when a company like screws up or something and like, I don't know, like releases something racist or whatever, they have to like rebrand their whole, their whole company or like, what was it? Was it, was it, uh, was it Wells Fargo? Was that the one that was just like making accounts for people for no reason, just to like boost numbers and stuff? And they had to like come out like, yeah, we've been around for 80 years. Past few of it's been kind of shitty, but we're good now. And please come open up an account with us. And I don't know. That was recent. Uh, anyway, that that was what happened. So he, he changed his name. He stopped going by Saul because that guy was a dick. And now he's Paul. Now he's the Apostle Paul. And... <laughs> He's around. He's doing miracles and stuff. And one of the one of the first ones he does uh, earlier on was he meets a guy who was crippled for eight years. This guy just like I guess he was like a I think he was a beggar or whatever. And it was just I mean he eight years long. This guy just couldn't walk, couldn't do anything. And it's an easy. It's a. It's not a long story. It's a very quick one. Uh, literally just saw or Paul uh, just sees him. He's like, wait, what are you doing? Get up <laughs> in the name of Jesus. Get up. And the guy does. The guy can now walk. Eight years. Boom. Done. Like that. Just because Paul told him to do so. Like, like Easy. Easy miracle. <laughs> and then later, there was this woman uh, named Dorcas. <laughs> Dorcas. <laughs> That's a funny name. And uh, who, who was supposedly like super nice and always helpful and everybody loved her. Um, like she's great, like a Mother Teresa or something. Just like like every, no one had a bad thing to say about her, right? She was awesome, but uh, poor Dorcas, uh, she, she died, and uh, her friends all called and and uh, all texted or whatever Saul and or Paul <laughs> about it, and we're like, hey, like, this really sucks. Like we really liked her. Um, uh, is there anything that you can do? And normally, no matter how much you like someone. When they die, there's nothing that anyone can do. <laughs> like, right? Like, if you're in the movies, there's a few seconds where you can, like, you can shock them back to life or do something. Like, no, like, she's, this is ancient Bible times. Like, you're dead, you're dead. But they, they talk to Paul. They're like, like, hey, like, we, she's pretty awesome. She used to make us cookies all the time, and she made great waffles and things. And we really, we're really sad that she, she, she died. She, she always like did free babysitting and everything. She was fantastic. Uh, she drove me to the airport once. Awesome. Uh, but they're like, you know, we really were upset that she, she's dead. And Paul hears about it, and he just goes to her house, and he goes up to her bedroom, and he prays to God about it. And I, I don't remember. I, I don't. God even said anything. But he's like, "Hey, God, like, like these people are upset that she's dead. 
uh, I think I want I want to try to do something. I want I want to try something. Are you with me? I want to try this. And and he just <laughs> just like the guy with the crippled guy, Paul just says, uh, "Hey Dorcas, um, wake up." And this dead woman opens up her eyes, and now she's alive again. No big deal. Just just whatever. Just goes up to the, the upstairs bedroom. I'm like, hey, get up, sleepyhead. And the dead woman comes back to life. Like that. That was how crazy the miracles that Paul did was. Like right. Like like like. And they were just beginning. These are these are just like the one-liner uh, miracles that he did. There's so many stories. So then later, like, and Paul's with his best friend Silas, right? I think they, they come up with a couple different stories. But Paul and Silas, they're going around. They're doing their preaching thing. And there was this city that happened to have a slave girl in it. But the slave girl wasn't like a regular slave girl. She was possessed by a demon that helped her tell the future, right? Like, I'm not saying that, like, demon possession is cool or anything. And I'm sure it sucked for her. But if you're gonna be possessed by a demon, that seems like a neat one to be done. Like you know, right? And and <laughs> I mean, kind of trying to make a joke of it, but but to the point that and I, I I bring I say that because her owners, her slave owners, thought that and caught wind of it, and they used her and to make a lot of money by making her a fortune teller. And they, they, they totally, like, leaned into the whole demon possession thing and just were making bank with her telling fortunes with the with this demon. And But Paul and Silas, they get to town, and they start gathering a bunch of people, and they start talking about Jesus or whatever. And they're like, they don't even pay this girl no mind. Like, they don't, they don't even care. I mean, maybe they just didn't notice her. I don't know. But, like, whatever. Like, she's over there, like, doing her fortune telling, like, demon possession st- stuff. And they're, Paul and Silas are doing their own thing. But they start collecting, they start getting people to follow them and whatever, and people are about it. And she just starts screaming at the top of her lungs. She goes, these men are servants of God who are telling you how to be saved. Which isn't a bad thing to say. Like, it's not like, like, she's not even like, she's not even flipping them the bird or saying anything nasty or like trolling them or anything like that. She's actually saying accurate things. Um, so I don't, I don't know if someone was like lost in context or if she, or if she was saying it mockingly, I'm not sure. All we have are the text. So maybe she was like, uh, like that, that, there's a two different sentences, right? These men are servants of God who are telling you how to be saved, right? Listen to them. It's very different. Like, oh, these men are servants of God who are telling you how to be saved. Like, you know, that's a very different, <laughs> a very different way to say it. So I don't know. Maybe she was mocking them. I don't know. Not sure exactly why. But she did it for three days. For three days, she yelled that while they were preaching and doing stuff. And for three days, they let it roll. They let it rock. They're like, I guess technically what she's saying is true. And they let it go. But the end of three days, Paul couldn't take it anymore. Just like when, like, like people are, like, working on your roof or there's a construction crew nearby. And, like, you hear, like, the backing up of, like, the truck or whatever. You know, the beep, beep like whatever and like at first you're like that's annoying or whatever but whatever and you kind of try to get used to it or whatever and but then after time after time and you just snap at one point you're just like i can't take it anymore i can't i can't fucking take it anymore and so at the end of three days paul loses it and he gets super pissed at her screaming this even though what she's saying isn't technically bad i guess but he just he loses it he's like he goes enough he says come out of her demon 
And instantly the spirit left. The demon just leaves her body and she shut up. And he just you know, like, woo, just like he was, he just like zips away. But when it happened, of course, she lost all of her fortune teller powers. And that, and that, so that was a miracle, right? Period in the, in the paragraph there, right? That he just, he just like, hey, leave her right now. I'm annoyed. <laughs> and the demon did. The demon didn't even like, like fight back. But anyway, but then the owners, the girl's owners got really pissed because that was their cash cow, right? That was how they made their money. And now they just lost their main source of income because she wasn't possessed anymore. So they get pissed and they go and they start pulling strings in the government and whatever. And they demand that Paul and Silas be arrested for disturbing the peace and, and shit and whatever. So so now, now Paul and Silas are in trouble. And so the authorities order that Paul and Silas uh, be beaten up and thrown in jail in that order. <laughs> so they get flogged and whatever, some brutal stuff and beaten up and everything. And then they get thrown in jail. And the jailer is given very specific instructions to watch these guys very carefully because they don't like they don't trust them. They're up to no good. And so he chains them up in the most secure part of the jail, right? Like, like the deepest part, like dungeon area or whatever, like chains them up to the wall. Uh, he's like, I'm not screwing around. Like you guys don't get it easy. Uh, there's no there's no TV. There's no, you know, we're not going to let you shower or do anything. You don't get any, um, what is it, yard privileges. Well, you know, like, you know, like you're just in the dungeon part. But later that night, while Paul and Silas are shackled up in jail, after getting flogged, after all this stuff, they're in jail. And they're like, you know what? Let's live our best lives now. Let's not let this get us down. And they start praying and singing songs. And they just start singing, singing, you know, whatever. I don't think it's Kumbaya, but like whatever, whatever Jesus hymnal songs were back in the day. Um, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, whatever. And just not letting it get, not letting them phase them, not let them beat them, you know, get them down. And then all the other prisoners and the other like, cells or whatever they are they're listening to them singing and it's just like a, it's a they're they're in concert or whatever they're doing this whole thing and there's so much good i guess energy and whatever and all this kind of stuff that at midnight a huge earthquake hits the city and all the doors of all the jail cells fly open and there's some earthquake and all the shackles that were on the chains of all the prisoners all fall off like it just everything breaks everything falls apart everything shatters and the doors are open and everyone is free to run off and do whatever right like they're just like this is not a prison anymore <laughs> and the jailer who had been sleeping okay it was midnight you get the guy a break but he was sleeping and he woke up and he saw that all the jail cells were open and saw that everything was in shambles and it's like Fuck. <laughs> and he pulls out his sword to kill himself because he knew he was in big trouble, right? He's like, everyone's gone. This is the end of my career. Uh, I failed as a jailer. This is it. So he's about to like, like commit. Was that uh, like seppuku? Was that, is that how you say it? Like the Japanese like ritual, like uh, uh, like you know, like where you like you gut yourself. He's about to do that. But Paul, yeah, Paul. I was gonna say Saul, but Paul steps up. He's like, "No, stop! Don't do that. We're all still here. You're not in trouble." And and the 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 uh, 
prison warden guard guy whatever he sees that paul and silas are still there and i think even the other prisoners are still there too i can't remember but like but paul and silas above all they're still there and he falls to the ground and he's like uh i, I don't even know what to say what must i do to be saved i believe in your god i believe in your preachings i believe in what you're doing and they said all you gotta do all you gotta do is just believe in jesus bro that's all you gotta do and the jailer converted and became a Christian right there and on that spot. And then he was like super nice to them and he helped clean their wounds and everything. And then he even like, I guess no one else even noticed or, or people were too busy like dealing with the earthquake in their own right or whatever. He's like, there's no reason to leave you here. I mean, literally the, the doors are busted open and everything. So he, <laughs> he takes them back to his house. Uh, at, at this point, it's like one in the morning, I guess, or something. He takes them back to his own house, has like his wife or whatever, make a meal for them. And they just hang around in his own house and they eat a meal and they hang out and they do whatever. And they like, let them sleep in the bed and something or whatever. And then early the next morning, they, he wakes them up or whatever. And they go back to the jail to go like sit even though it's busted they go back to the jail to just sit in the jail on principle um and no one even noticed like they just spent the night in the guy's house like yeah whatever <laughs> and then the next morning the officials came in and uh they're like uh, well we don't know what happened here but you need to let paul and silas go and they're like excuse me <laughs> like <laughs> let, let these two the two guys that you were like make sure you watch them nope orders came in those guys are free to go. Isn't that great? And so, so, okay. They were wrongfully imprisoned. The prison got earthquaked. Is that a word? And, and like, blew up or whatever. They were free to go. They didn't leave. The jailer came to their side of things, took them to his house, fed them, did stuff, whatever, then brought them back to jail on principle because they were still supposed to be in jail. They were in jail of their own free will, kind of, because they could have left at any time. And then when the authorities came in and said, nope, they're free to go, let them, let them leave, Paul and Silas are like, nope, hold up, wait a minute, you beat us up, you flogged us and threw us in prison without a trial, and now you just say, like, we're free to go quietly? Uh, I don't think so. You're going to be hearing from my lawyer. They go, and I quote, we're Roman citizens, which I guess was a big deal back then. He goes, I want to, I want to speak to your manager. <laughs> we are not leaving this jail until your boss's boss, whatever. We want, we want to hire up. We want somebody uh, like have egg on their face. We want somebody higher up to come and escort us out themselves personally. I want a personal escort out of this jail. Not none of this like y'all can leave bullshit. Like I want the head honcho himself to come in and say he's sorry and walk us out of here. And so, and then when the authorities heard that uh, they were Roman citizens, they, they, I guess, I don't know. I don't know what this, I can't remember if this was like whatever this little town was, what this relationship, but you apparently, Roman citizens were like, you, were un, you, you weren't supposed to fuck with them or whatever. So they were like real, like real upset, real worried um, <laughs> about what they had done. Cause I guess that would have been really bad for them. So the authorities, they had the guys that once they heard they were Roman citizens and they weren't leaving the jail quietly, they ran down and just started acting super nice. And they escorted them out of jail. Like, have you ever gotten like a red carpet um exit out of a jail like that's kind of like they were just like uh, yeah like here we go like like we're so sorry let them out like gave them the whole the whole vip treatment as they're getting them out of jail pretty crazy and 
yeah so that's the t- that's the time that that they were singing and they sang an earthquake into happening uh, <laughs> uh and so much other stuff happened uh where are we at uh okay uh a lot more stuff happened um oh oh so it got so crazy there's even a reference that paul uh was doing so many miracles and things that other people not even like his like first line like like the a-list of of his friends or whatever his followers but like the d-list i guess of people that knew who he was and knew what he was doing like the super like like third ringer fangirls or whatever of him were collecting like napkins and and things that he had touched and were using those to to then touch sick people or demon possessed people that's how powerful like so paul like you know he woke he went up and like hey cripple guy you can walk now boom hey dead girl wake up boom like he was doing all this stuff you know in the in the prison all that kind of stuff and like so powerful that people were collecting his napkins and using his throwaway napkins and then like like put them in like little, little ziploc bags and then taking those napkins other to, to other people that were sick or demon possessed and touching those napkins to those people and because the napkins still had the essence of Paul on them they were they were healing people and casting out demons crazy stuff right like just nuts um just amazing and because of all this because people were healing people with these Paul napkins and like selling them on eBay and doing all this stuff these other guys these seven brothers they started getting a little ahead of themselves and trying to be part of the action too. So these brothers, they were going around and they weren't even using Paul's napkins. Like they weren't, they weren't even buying them off eBay or anything. They were just going out and like, hey, we can say the same things that, that Paul says. We can still like command things, command demons in the name of Jesus and do all this stuff. And so they were, they were trying to mimic him without the without the napkins and they did i guess a, a couple of, of decent jobs like they were it was working for them okay and but but they get to this one demon um they find someone with this one demon and they go they go in the name of lord jesus who paul preaches about right so they skip the whole no napkins they're just trying to name drop paul right they're just trying to scare demons by even naming paul like, like oh yeah we're friends with paul you know, if you'd be scared of Paul, you should be friends of us, right? Like that type of thing. And <laughs> also they want to talk about the name of Lord Jesus, who Paul preaches about. Not to be confused with any other Jesuses out there, right? Not not this guy, the, specifically the one that Paul preaches about. And and they had some limited success, but they tried again on this particularly one nasty demon. And and they, they <laughs> get out in the name of Lord Jesus, who Paul preaches about. And the demon goes... Uh okay, Jesus I know. Uh Paul uh, heard of him, know who he is. Who the fuck are you dickheads? <laughs> like who who are you? Who do you think you are? Uh, you, just, you just coming here name dropping? What are you doing? And um then the man who was demon possessed by this guy by this demon. Um uh, they what it was a I guess like a rhetorical question like yeah you know, like oh I know who Jesus is I know who Paul is I don't know who you are and then the the demon possessed man jumps on the brothers and just starts wailing on them and beats the shit out of all of them it's one versus seven and he is killing it like he's just bodying all of them and it says is my favorite part it says he <laughs> one versus seven he gave this is in the Bible he gave them such a beating 
that they all ran out of the house. Oh, sorry, <laughs> they ran out of the house, bleeding and naked. <laughs> he just he just bodied them. He just like like bleeding. I get that was what I expected. Like like, but he beat their clothes off. Literally, every other expression. He beat their pants off. Literally, they ran out naked. Seven brothers. Can you imagine the scene? Like just seven brothers running out of this house naked and bloody. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just a demon possessed guy like at the front door of the house just like yeah get out of here <laughs> i don't know um the word word of all this spread and somehow made uh, paul and, and jesus more popular i don't know like they're like oh yeah these guys were phonies but paul's the real deal and jesus and all that and it says because of it everything like a bunch of people that practiced like witchcraft and whatever like magicians and wizards they all converted and like burned their magic scrolls and whatever and all that kind of stuff and probably part of why we don't have magic today because they, they burned it all back then to convert to christianity uh but uh all this kind of stuff and there's no unfortunately there's no mention of the guy that was demon possessed and beat up the seven brothers like i don't i don't, I don't unless i'm missing something there wasn't another mention of him so i i really hope everything turned out okay for him <laughs> it's kind of like like there's a side story like oh these seven brothers are trying to like name drop and they got their asses beat and their pants off uh they, they ran out naked and but paul never interacts with that poor guy that was demon possessed to like help him out like he never goes to him and helps the, situation. So the guy just lives the rest of his life with this demon you know <laughs> this demon possession um i don't know i hope he's okay but and there's there's a bunch of more stories a bunch of other stuff about paul doing uh, crazy things preaching more and getting thrown into prison more and getting out of prison and everything um to the point that Paul actually doesn't have an official official ending in the Bible. The Bible doesn't really specify like how he died even. Uh, there's a lot of evidence and a lot of other stuff we can put together that we think that he finally got back to Rome at the end of it all and uh, was later uh, decapitated, unfortunately. <laughs> kind of sucks. Uh, that's that's kind of how it goes. But it's not specifically stated in any specific verse or whatever. Um, there is some cool stuff. Again, he's one of the most popular uh, guys in the Bible, especially in the New Testament, and there's a lot of other theories and stuff uh, around him, lore, a lot of lore around him, who he was and everything, and his final years and all that. Uh, I'm surprised there's not a, uh, a uh, what was it, or the, what was that Tom Hanks, um, the Da Vinci Code or whatever? Uh, what was the other one, Angels and Demons? I never watched either one of them. Maybe he's in there. I don't know. But I'm surprised there isn't like a big, uh, like more of a theory around him. But there is some, there's kind of cool shit. There's this, this is not biblical, by the way. This is, this part is not biblical. It's just, again, lore. But it's a really cool story about where uh, supposedly when he was still, he was so like in tune with God or whatever and so powerful, just like with the whole napkin thing. There's a story that when he got decapitated, um, when his head fell off, right, it like bounced. And like every time his head, his decapitated head hit the ground, a spring of water would come up from the ground. Like a little, a little pretty little fountain uh, would just burst up from the ground in every every spot that like his head bounced on the ground. Like it did like three times, like boop, 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 like whatever. Just like, pss, like you know, like little fountains were coming up everywhere. Uh, that's not in the Bible. It's not actual canon. It's just, it's just a theory, a Bible theory. I don't know. You could look it up, but it's just, it's just how that's how grandiose the story of, of Paul, formerly Saul of Tarsus, was. So, 
anyway um that's about it so just kind of a collection of different stuff he's got some fascinating stuff actually like uh if you want to go read about there's there's a lot of other stuff that he did i found i just picked out some of my favorite ones to kind of run through for this episode this little hodgepodge episode um but yeah go look it up uh, for yourself there's a lot of neat stuff in there but i think that's about it for today happy 2019 guys happy new year's i hope that this is your best year yet and live your best life now all that fun stuff welcome back to the show thank you guys for again sticking with us not forgetting about us as always please follow us on twitter i did if you didn't see it i did make a little bit of an announcement on twitter that we hadn't given up that we hadn't disappeared we were just taking a little bit of a hiatus so if you didn't know what we were doing uh maybe follow us on twitter uh getting biblical and of course on instagram where we'll show up pictures of what we're drinking and at the time of this recording i am very shortly soon um going to be going on vacation again uh, i'm actually doing uh two weeks uh 12 days actually technically in uh the uk uh london and scotland and, and surrounding areas so uh, I plan to put up a lot of pictures of my travels and things that I'm drinking, lots of scotch. So if that interests you, I know the show is about Bible stuff, and I can't promise how much of that I'll be doing <laughs> over there. But uh, if you want to follow us, of course, Getting Biblical uh, on Instagram. And, uh, of course, if you want to follow me personally on Twitter, uh, I am Matt Smith. And on Instagram, I am Matt Smith IG. And I think that's about it. Again, thank you guys so much. Thank you for tuning in. Hope you have a fantastic day. Cheers.